1: So you might as well
0: take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch.
1: Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, here with my awesome co-host, my only co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, you in the house? I'm in
0: the house, I'm in the house, and I love being in the house with you. It's been a fantastic ride. And uh, today is no different. Been on fire today. Uh, a lot of great things happening. And uh, our next guest is, uh, by no exception, a great guest as well. But uh, Chris, um, g- yeah, give us an idea how how we met the, today's guest.
1: Yeah, you know, it always amazes me. And by the way, Alan, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. So Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> did I ask if I didn't? I apologize. Maybe I did okay. I like giving you shots, my friend. I love giving you shots. I, I'm i doing fantastic, and, uh, and I know you are as well. And in fact, I'm just joking because we were on the line earlier with each other, so we already covered that off. But we have an awesome guest today. In fact, it amazes me, as I was just going to say, that between Twitter and now Instagram, we're getting some amazing connections. So folks, you know, if you want something, you can just go create it and then connect with people and you'd be amazed what you attract. And then when you help each other, that's the amazing part, you both grow and then you both provide opportunities to others. And and it just grows exponentially from there. So fantastic. We met through Instagram, Alan, and I know that you're going to do the great pleasure of introducing our guests. And I can't wait to see how she's been helping the world because she certainly has and she's uh just incredible i've read a lot of, up uh you know about our guest today and and follow her um you know through uh you know uh, different social medias but she's got some things that i know she's going to share with people today that's going to really transform so listen up get your journals out and listen for the golden nuggets that always happen on this show so let's get at it alan let's oh do it.
0: fantastic yeah i totally agree psychoanalysis psychoanalyst don't get scared folks this is going to be great information especially as it pertains to our physical body and what uh what we want to maybe create with it and what we want to be able to make it become and today's uh today's guest is by uh uh, or I should say, by all means, a, uh, a walking example of what that means. She's a, a psychoanalyst, an author, speaker, internationally recognized expert in the industry and the topics of food and diet and weight and body image and the issues that come from that. And, and how do we step aside from that and apart from that to be able to understand it, to be able to eradicate some of those things? And then be able to take some simple steps to change who we are, to be able to step aside from those challenges and not fall prey to them again. Uh, she's got a, a, an award-winning blog, Make Peace With Food, a very popular podcast, uh, Win the Diet War. And uh, I'll tell you who we're having on the show today. It's Dr. Nina seville Rockland. So, Dr. Nina, welcome to the podcast show.
2: Thank you so much. It is great to be here
0: we are excited to have you we are excited to have you and we're going to be really efficient today we know there's a lot going on on both of our plates and we want to make sure we bring the best content possible to the guests and uh, so uh, let's get right at it chris what's
1: the uh what's the first thing we have for dr Nina today well I always like uh, you know finding out and, and and that history that you know led to where our guests are and what they're doing now and that vision of, you know, where they're going um, and how they're helping people. So, I mean, that's a great place to start. Dr. Nina, can you tell us, you know, that journey uh, from, you know, where uh, in your shoes it's taken you? Because I I know that once we get into more questions, people are going to understand, and that's where the epiphany starts. So let's start there.
2: I would be happy to. Well, my journey started when I was five years old. And I suddenly and randomly developed this obsession with my thighs. I thought if my legs were thinner, somehow I'd be perfect and better. And by the way, I was a perfectly normal weight kid. Um, I wasn't seeing magazines. I wasn't watching TV. My mom would read Time magazine, you know, not Mademoiselle. So I wasn't getting any media influences on this, I just decided that I was too big and needed to be smaller. And this became an obsession that got worse as I got older and throughout adolescence and into college, my last thought at night was, what did I eat today? And I would fall asleep counting calories and fat grams and calculating every bite and wondering the big question, would I lose weight by the next morning or gain it? And the scale became my, my biggest friend and my worst enemy. Wow. So yeah, if, if it was like, if I added a pound, I was devastated. My, my day was ruined. Um, if I, if I lost a pound, I was like, woo euphoria. And it just took over my life. Like if I would go hiking with friends, I was not thinking, wow, this is a beautiful day. I'm out with my friends. This is awesome. I would be thinking, okay, how many calories am I burning right now? So this just continued. And finally, I went to therapy because I was anxious all the time. And I talked to my therapist about guy stuff and my goals and my dreams and my fears and my friends and my family. I was very open with her about every aspect of my life except one. I never, ever told her what was going on with food. I went once a week for three years and never talked about, well, really, I was in a cycle of eating disorders. It was like anorexia, bulimia, binge eating. That was my life for a long time. And um, I was just too embarrassed and too ashamed to admit it. And I don't think I really wanted to change. Because when I was in that restricting mode, I felt really powerful. Like, woo! I do I'm skinnier than you all. I'm better. I mean, it's embarrassing to admit, but it must be said. So I did not want to, I did not want to give it up, but I started to notice some changes. I started to feel hungry for food, for life. And I became aware of feelings that I had denied. And I learned to process those feelings. I began using words to comfort myself. I talked to myself differently. So by the time I left therapy, I no longer had any eating disorder behavior, not at all, and not once had I revealed to my therapist what was going on with food. So I got over my eating disorders without ever, ever talking about food. And so people say, what? How is that even possible? How do you get over an eating disorder or three eating disorders without ever talking about food? And that is because it was a symptom of the actual problem, which was my mean relationship with myself so when i learned to cope differently everything mm. with food changed mm. and it's also important just to say well why why at age 5 did i suddenly randomly decide like i need to be smaller
0: well yeah, that's a uh, yeah please dive into that because that's the question i was just going to ask <laughs>
2: I didn't I didn't really know until I started psychoanalytic training which which looks at what's unconscious out of awareness but not out of operation and that's when I realized that I was raised in this academic household my parents were po- college professors they were sort of uh, academic and I was this loud boisterous like full of life kid that was constantly being told, you're too sensitive, you're too loud, you're too dramatic, you're, you know, you're too much was the message. And this idea that I was too much unconsciously registered as, as there's literally too much of me because five-year-olds are very Uh concrete. And so by losing, yes. So by becoming, becoming, when there would be less of me, maybe they would like me better. Hmm. And so- Mm -hmm. wow so i so i what i learned from my experience and now in my clinical practice helping people who struggle there is always hope when you figure out what's eating at you you stop focusing on what you're eating
1: wow i like that incredible so you know it's so important and you know audience listening in from that perspective about um subconscious things that we blocked out as a child You know are are somewhat guiding you know the life that you have and you might not know what that looks like so when you figured that out and and you went along um and and did your own analysis and 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 through obviously um uh educating yourself through that and, and pinpointing that how do you help people with that now uh and and how are they able to do that you know in their own life um you know based on their childhood and things that maybe uh they've they've just kind of buried and don't even remember they buried and and I have a unique story around that as well you know but it uh, that'll be a, left for another day but I did hypnosis and and things that I can touch in that state of um you know guided meditation if you want or guided hypnosis and, and and I was able to figure out what I was hanging on to and then when I released it it was amazing where my life started to move um in my you know experiences but how can people or what do you say to people you know that maybe are listening in uh, right now on on touching that you know what where the, where should they start?
2: Well, everybody is different, and everybody develops their relationship to food for reasons that are as unique and individual as they are mm-hmm. but what I do is i I help them identify the what's eating at them, so they start looking at w- why are they turning to food, not that they are turning to food. And I, gotcha. I'll give you an I'll give you an example. Um, I had a, a patient, I will call her Jenna, who thought that she was addicted to ice cream. And She came in one day and she said, you know, maybe your other patients are dealing with emotional issues, but she said she was a food addict, she was addicted to chunky monkey, and she could prove it. And I said, okay, <laughs> prove it, I'm listening. And she said that she'd been watching TV after a really good day at work and nothing was bothering her. Everything was fine. She was having a good time. And suddenly, as she put it, Ben and Jerry's was calling her name, (laughs) calling my name. I'm addicted to Chunky Monkey. Again, nothing was wrong. Everything was fine. So I asked her, what she was watching on TV. And she told me it was Charmed, which was her favorite show. So see, she was happy. And then I asked what the episode was about. And she said, oh, it's the episode where the devil comes and the sisters start fighting and everything gets very contentious. And and then she stopped and she said, oh, wait, oh, I get it. Because at that moment, she realized that the TV show she was watching had activated some feelings about her own sister. And before that anxiety, would, she had sister issues herself. Before that anxiety could even reach her consciousness, she turned to ice cream to escape and for comfort. <laughs> Body
0: found an outlet.
2: So, if we had focused mm. on the food, we would have completely missed everything else that was going on. So, I like to say that to, to my patients, we're detectives of the psyche, right? We're we're. It's not like you're doing something wrong and bad and. You know, shame on you. It's you're doing something for a reason. It serves you in some way. Let's figure out what that is. Because whatever's going on with food, it is a frenemy. It is a friend. It helps you in some way. And it is an enemy because it also hurts you.
0: Well, absolutely, totally. And I want to hang on that for just a minute because uh you talked about uh, something that's really important and uh you know, it, it seems like there's a, a, a lot of fads and a lot of diets out, and you can call them by all sorts of different names and, and so forth, but you, you, you lean towards it already. Why don't any of those work? What's the main problem with maybe society's impression of what a diet is and how it's applied, and, and why don't they work?
2: Well, first of all, did you ever realize the word die is in diet? <laughs> That's for a reason. <laughs> So diets fail because on some level, they're about deprivation, and that always leads to overeating or binging. And that is because the anticipation of not being able to eat what you want will only make you want it more. And if you're thinking about not having pizza or pasta or ice cream, then you've got pizza (laughs) and pasta and ice cream on your brain all day. And that puts the focus on the wrong thing, which is what you're eating instead of why you're eating. So ultimately, Mm -hmm. diets fail because they only deal with food. Like my chunky monkey Jenna woman illustrates, like it's not really, or my own story, it's not really about the food. So diets don't address the underlying conflicts that make you turn to food in the first place. And there are many, many reasons for that.
0: How, how, how do we let's let's continue on with that? If that be the case, and I and I know that it is, I, I've studied you, I, I've uh, you know watched you, you know in in your amazement. How do we understand and how do we become conscious of these triggers and what they really mean and how do we apply them?
2: It is a great question. Because so often, people think they're being triggered by food, but actually, they're getting triggered by a situation. But like Jenna, she had no idea. So I developed um, a a formula to help people figure out what is out of awareness, what is going on, and that is to tie certain kinds of foods with certain kinds of moods, needs, or wants. So for example… Like Jenna, uh, uh, foods that are sweet and smooth and creamy, like ice cream or frozen yogurt or pudding, that suggests a longing for comfort, for soothing, for nurturing. So Hmm. if you find yourself turning to those, you got to ask yourself, okay, what is it? What's going on with me? You know, how else can I soothe myself? How would I comfort a friend? How? You know, you could start to respond to yourself in a different way. But just knowing that that's your go-to is is a clue that you need comfort or soothing or something like that. Um, foods that are filling, like breads and pasta and cake and pizza, those are correlated to loneliness since they're bulky and they may symbolically fill a void. Huh. So if you... Mm. Create those kinds of mm. pizza, pizza. I think,
1: I
0: think we That's need to have a thought. chat, Doctor Nina, after the show with uh, Chris and I on yeah. the line.
2: <laughs> well, uh, you may be feeling deprived or lonely. You may be wow. using food to fill up. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and, I sh- and the last one is 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 crunch. You know, crunchy, anything like chips or pretzels, mm-hmm. anything with a crunch is associated with anger. So if that's what you're turning really? to, you may be angry or frustrated at someone or something in your life, and maybe you take your, your anger out on yourself for eating instead of directing your anger towards the people or situations that are actually making you upset.
1: Right. Wow. Right. This is amazing stuff. This oh, is just I got like, some
0: calls to make after this right? show. Right?
1: Right? Like, yeah. you know, people listening in, I mean, this is incredible. And I, I mean, I just listened to that about, and what you're talking about is obviously, um, as it sounds, and I read a couple things, I mean, food triggers, I guess, and and knowing the best So how do you handle all that? How do you deal with that? You know, I, I love pizza. Now, why and, do you love and, it? And, and well, <laughs> Uh, to her point, though, and, and I'm trying to correlate and think about the times when I just want to stuff myself with a full, like, you know, medium pizza because I can, <laughs> but why am I doing it? And I just thought about that just for a moment. And I, folks, I don't do that all the time, but I'm just like, sometimes I just feel like yamming down a pizza. Wow. And you made me think about that. But what, you know, how do I deal with that now that I know, you know, and, 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 and I'm becoming aware of that? How do I deal with that? What's the best way to deal with this?
2: Well. If, for example, you were to find out that you feel lonely at those times, or you feel right. some sense of um, something's missing from your life, then the then you know what is the solution to loneliness? The solution to loneliness is actually being with people, hmm. or connecting with people, or um, it, relating to yourself in a different way because often people feel something and they don't want to feel it because our culture says, hey, don't feel your feelings. That makes you weak, especially if you're a guy. Right? Don't, don't Guys don't have feelings, right? Right?"
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, we just think about <laughs> yeah, it. Can you, we eat it? Oh, can we kill yeah. it? Can we mate with it? I mean, those are the three <laughs> things that I nice think right? about.
2: So if you have a if you I, I once had, I, I see a lot of men in my practice and I once had this guy, he said to me, he said with a straight face, and he meant it. He said, "You mean I? You mean I need to feel my feelings?" He goes, "I don't have feelings. That's a chick <laughs> thing."
0: <laughs> yes. Appointment number two coming up, <laughs> right? <laughs> he
2: said, "No, it's a human thing." So when you you first you identify what it is that's going on, and then you find strategies to deal with it in a different way. And often the clue is, well, how would you? How would you help a friend who was in need of comfort? How would you help a friend who was pissed off? How would you help a friend who was lonely? You wouldn't say, here, have some pizza.
1: Right. I got you now. I get it. And that goes back to what you said about the relationship with yourself. And, and I like that. Thank you for pointing that out so clearly and, and yet simple at the same time is what would I do for someone else in that situation? That, is, that, that was a huge epiphany. Thank you.
2: You're
1: welcome. Wow.
0: wow. Yeah. I'm just writing notes here, which is why I've been quiet. I, I have <laughs> a tunnel in my right well, hand because we've well, got two fantastic guests on, and I'm trying to stay up here with what… Uh, I know. We, there's just so much stuff. We write what, notes too, folks. We, we you do, know We look we do. back Make on our journals, and we study, and we research, and we apply. And that's so, the beauty uh, about
1: yeah. having guests like this that can teach us, and, and, and that's why it's so important. Uh, to write down these ideas and these, uh, you know, epiphanies that you get and, and these golden nuggets, as I like to call them, um, that can be so relevant in your own, you know, life. And, and thank you for, uh, you know, well, thank you for your genius, Dr. Nina. It's amazing. Uh, Alan, what, el- what else we got going on? Let's, uh, oh, let's keep boy. this rolling.
0: A, a lot of things, and i maybe i i'm I'm self diagnosing here, I don't know, but uh, for, for <laughs> as you I, eat,
1: also, as you eat that bag of
0: chips as I eat that bag of chips i, I I'll <laughs> mute my microphone when i when I bring out the lays. Um, no, but uh, we're talking about uh, uh, a lot of this is about changes, you know, and you know, what are some of the things that uh, we need to do to really bring change in i know that there's some acceptance and and there's some understanding and there's some foresight but everybody talks about change you know but dr nino what do we do to bring about and create change
2: the most important thing that you can do is silence your inner critic and comfort or respond to yourself with words comfort Mm -hmm. comfort words instead of comfort food and turn to other people instead of to food so silencing your inner critic and comforting yourself are kind of related concepts Um, a lot lot of people say things like they'll they'll come in and they'll say uh oh I, i i ate whatever i i ate cake and afterwards i i told myself oh you're never gonna lose weight you're just not good enough you don't deserve to be happy you are such a loser well ouch that's mean. That's a really mm-hmm. harsh way to talk to yourself. So when you are carrying around a really vicious inner critic, the part that attacks you and, and stops you from living your best life, you could turn to food just to escape yourself. And by the wow. way… You if,
0: say that again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, I will try. <laughs>
1: about the inner critic and and yeah I love that that was turned to food to
0: escape yourself that you know I think a lot of people suffer from that
2: so uh- Yeah, often we we have like a, a, an inner critic, an inner supporter, and a part of us that feels and wants and thinks. And instead of being support, instead of supporting ourselves, when we feel bad, we attack ourselves, or we criticize ourselves. And that just leads to turning to food to escape the mean voice. Because people, you know, you go in a sort of a zone when you're eating, you're not feeling, you're not thinking, you're, you're just in this zone. And that helps you escape your 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 mean voice and by the way um one way of identifying your critic is to catch yourself talking in the second person like, like people say to me i hear it all the time they'll come in they'll say hmm, i went to this party and they had all this really great food and i just decided you know what i'm just gonna have a good time and i ate it and and, and it was really good and afterwards i told myself you have no willpower, you shouldn't have eaten that, you're never going to lose weight. Now, they switch from I to you, Right. so which one is the mean voice, the you. If you're talking yourself in, in the second person, 99% of the time, it's mean.
1: Huh. Wow, You're. <laughs> I love, I'm just gaining so much knowledge here, wow. this is just incredible. Um, there's such a reason. And again, you know, people listening in right now, um, that you're hearing this, but for me, there's such a reason that this show is happening right now. It's just incredible um, what I'm learning from this. So thank you again for opening my eyes to so much of this stuff that I, I love that concept, you or I, and you're absolutely right. We have this internal dialogue that happens all the time. And, and, you know, Let's talk about that for a minute because there's obviously a self, you know, and 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 we we look in the mirror, we have these discussions, but what role does it take, you know, with this? Let's call it self acceptance or self esteem, because that's really what it is. Um, but what role does that take in in a weight loss, for example? And I know a lot of people in this country around the world are you know dealing with this uh, issue. Um, Tell us about that.
2: Well, I find that often when people think of themselves, they think only of the person they see in the mirror mm. and they forget the range of qualities that make up who they are. But then I'll, I'll say, well, you would you love your friends more if they lost weight? And they say, no, that's ridiculous. Of course not. You know, they love their friends because they're nice, fun, funny, supportive, warm, great people but they hate themselves because of their weight. Mm. So I, I remind people that there are a range of qualities that make you the person you are and you need to identify and embrace and nurture all those parts because they all need your attention and your appreciation. But when it comes to weight loss, um, you know, the, the the more that you can accept what you feel, even what you how you look, the, the better you feel about yourself. So thoughts and beliefs lead to feelings which lead to behavior. If you think, I'm not good enough, I don't accept myself, I'm, I need to lose X amount of pounds before I'm good enough, then you're going to feel bad about yourself and then you're going to mm, turn to yeah. food. If That's you cycle. Say, yeah, if you, I like to say that self-acceptance is balancing the different parts of yourself holding on to the features you like and along with the things that you like to that you want to change. So it, it means allowing yourself to be perfectly imperfect. And when you say, you know what, I'm not where I want to be. I may not look how I want to look, but overall, I, I, have a, I'm a, I have a good feeling about myself. There are things I want to change, but overall, I accept myself. Then you feel okay. And when you feel okay or even good, you don't need to escape yourself.
1: Wow, I love that. Awesome,
0: awesome. You know, you you talk about making peace with food, and uh, you know, I, I want you to really be able to elaborate on that. But what do you say to the people that go? You know what? I'm just not going to eat now. I'm just not going to eat. I figure if I can, if I don't eat, I'm not going to gain weight. Well, what's the answer to that? I hear that a lot, and just in in travels, and you know, with with friends, and maybe a little bit of family. But they go, you know, what? I'm just going to cut down on my eating, and that's got to be it. That's got to help.
2: Well. I guess if you cut down on your eating or you don't eat at all or you fast or whatever, yes, it will be effective temporarily. Diets work until you go off them. But if you don't deal <laughs> with what's eating at you, you're just going to be stuck in that cycle. I, I like to think of it as a weed and a, and a root. So we all know, you don't even have to be a gardener to know that if you just pluck a weed, it's going to grow back. because it's being driven by the root which is underground out of sight much like our unconscious minds we don't we don't know like like uh, Jenna didn't know that she was getting activated about her sister but but it still is in operation so you have to dig out that proverbial root get to the root issue so that you don't keep having to weed all the time that's how you liberate yourself from this diet mentality you know imagine not having to think about it, Mm -hmm. not having to wake up every day going, okay, I'm going to be good or just not even thinking about it. It's it's such it's such freedom.
1: I can see that definitely. And there's a lot of people that have to uh, have to do that, wake up and and, or they don't have to do that. They do do that. And uh, and you're giving them uh, an opportunity to uh, to think about that a little bit more uh, about not having to do that again. Um, how do people work with you? You know, I know we've got a couple more questions and things like that, but how, you know, how do people work with you? How do they, how do they contact you? You've got such amazing stuff. And I know Alan had mentioned that you have a great blog and a, and a podcast. Of course, that's great ways to connect with you and listen in and, and get some ideas. But uh, how do they work with you?
2: I also have a video series. Called okay. Lose, the Dr. Nina show "Lose Weight Without Dieting," and I also have a an online program called "Kick the Diet Habit," and that is a thirty day solution to free yourself from the dieting mentality and to make peace with food and yourself.
1: Right. So, because uh, a
2: lot of people they can't, you know, I'm. I mean, my private practice is essentially full, and I wanted to reach <laughs> more people. Yeah, for so sure. So I I wanted to kind of. Uh, take what I know and put it out there for people to uh, not give them just things to think about. In my YouTube series, I give food for thought. But in my program, I, I actually give action plans, some downloads, things for them to do to affect change.
1: I love Perfect. it. So they can go to winthedietwar.com and see about those uh, programs that you offer up.
2: Yeah, they can click programs. They can I or I have so much free stuff. So they can partake of that. I also answer all my emails personally, so they can write me if they have any questions.
1: Oh, fantastic! Super. You, you heard it, folks. Uh, that's where you want to go. winthedietwar.com and check out. Uh, all that, uh, Dr. Nina has to offer and certainly, um, you know, right out of the gate, you'll see, uh, that she gives away, uh, a, a great, um, tip, uh, free tips to lose weight without dieting, uh, you know, by just giving your name and email address. And of course, you heard her, you can email her and, uh, she, she will respond personally to that stuff. So thanks, uh, thanks for that. Alan, what else we got, my friend?
0: I wanna talk a little bit about, or ask the question a little bit about body image. And, uh, you know, is body, are, are we spending too much time on the, the understanding of body image and focusing on body image, what we have now and what, we, and what we, maybe we want to have, or should we focus on what we want our body image to be? And if so, does that relate to our inner image?
2: There is, there is way too much focus, and this is my personal thought, that there is way too much focus on what we look like, and not the substance of who we are. And I think that we, as a collective society, ha- we have to start challenging this idea that we are w- what we look like, um, mm. and that right. that's so important. I, I someone told me that she she. She went to lunch with some friends, and they're all very accomplished, educated women, and they were having lunch, and they were talking about how many calories their lunches were and what size they were. And she said, hey, you know what? We are all accomplished, professional women, and what are we talking about? Calories what else can we talk about other than this? I think it's just making our brains turn to mush and we're forgetting that, that there are so many other qualities that make us substantive.
0: Right. I, you know, I, I totally agree. And you, and you look at all the commercials and, and, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, the, the female figure, they're all very, 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 very slender, you know, sizes, you know, odd double odd, you know, one and two. And I, I cannot imagine that there's very much of the, you know, the the at least in the United States, people that fit that body image. I would imagine um, people are 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 different than that. Why do we pick the extremely slender person to be the body image or to be the ideal person to become? Because evidently that, you know, who picked that? Is that an advertisement, you know, piece or what? How does that come about?
2: It is. But it's it's interesting that that you see more and more girls. First of all, that body is more like a girl and not a woman. If you go back yes. a couple of decades, you know, w- women, Marilyn Monroe would be considered plus size. And wow. at the time she was, yeah. she was the sexiest woman alive, right? And now she would be considered plus size. There seems to be some cultural prohibition against womanliness and a preference for People looking more like girls. I mean, I think you even see it in the movie. You have movies. You have like fifty-six-year-old guys with twenty-year-olds. Like that's mm-hmm. going to happen, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like where are the women? Where are the women? So part of it, part of it is that. And and I I don't have the answers. All I all I can say is um, you know what I've been observing. And in our culture, there's also this book. I'm I I'm, can't believe that I'm blanking out on the name of it, but this book followed the journals and the diaries of teenage girls through the last 100 years. And 100 years ago, these girls were asking themselves in the diaries they were saying, how can I be a better person? How could I be more moral? How can I be a good, honorable person and feel good about myself? Because of because I'm a good person, and as the decades have come closer to where we are now, it it started to be how can I lose weight? What do I look like? And then it as my journals of my adolescence, it's all numbers. What did I eat? What did I not eat? What what you know? How much do I weigh? So and that's sad to me that we've gone from a culture that values our internal selves to a culture that devalues that. And only values a certain, you know, look, although there is a backlash, there, there are now uh, body positive activists and there, there are people saying, hey, let's, let's stand up and, and be, feel good about ourselves no matter what our size. And that's a good step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Thanks for that uh for that clarity and perspective on it. And you know, I I still catered a lot of that to, you know, the marketing prowess, you know, and it, which comes down to you know, uh, eventually the bottom line and what can what can we either make the most from or what can we create that's going to create the most attraction? And from that, what can we sell the most of or what can we sell advertising to? And a lot of it's controversy. Controversy sells and controversy brings about a lot of attention. And maybe that is, a you know, maybe that's a thing, you know, maybe what if it went the other way? What if it went the other way to where um, you know a very large or very plus size people are very voluptuous and they're very full of life and because they they consume the world around them in so many ways and and they are they just exude this this ethereal you know joy and love and they're they're abundant in everything that they do we could have gone that way but we chose not to somewhere in the marketing mm-hmm. and we chose to go the less is more. And the less is more scenario. I find almost insulting.
2: It, it, it is insulting. It is. And I don't know and what to
0: do about that disturbing. or how to, to counteract that, but <laughs> I see that I, I I I'm kind of like dumbfounded. How do we, how do we navigate through that? And how do we tell our, our young kids, especially the girls in school that that's not the case. Less is not more.
2: And boys are just as victimized by it, too, because boys have, it's, uh, have this uh, message of you've got to be, you know, muscular, but not too muscular. You've got to be, you've got to have your six-pack abs, and uh, there are these unrealistic images that people think that, that they, are, they need to attain to be good enough, and they're, they're just not. I think that how you make change is what you guys are doing right now. You're having this conversation with me and maybe someone listening will think about it and have a conversation with someone else. And Maybe they'll have a conversation and then it'll have this ripple effect so that more and more people will start to challenge and and question the idea of why do I think that being a size zero is somehow the the best thing to do? Why do I feel like I've got to be, you know, have my six-pack, eight-pack abs to be uh, likable, lovable, good enough. What? Let's question that. So, mm-hmm. how do you change? You, we are changing. It. I it. love well, that answer.
1: I, I, I do, and, too, and, and I love that.
0: Let, let's. I want to interrupt you real, real quick, second, Chris. Dr. Nina, I want to stick my neck out, and I think that, I think that Chris would agree. Talking about um, us talking about this, would you come back on the show again and continue this conversation?
2: I would love to. Absolutely.
1: Well, fantastic, because we have something actually really cool cooking up. Yep. And in fact, um, instead of record it, we're going to have a live show, and we'd love for people to call in and uh, and talk about some of the things that are going on in you know their minds and and how we can uh, leverage your understanding uh, and stuff that you can share with them uh, about you know real life stuff. And I think that would be really great. So if we can that do that,
2: would, that would be I awesome. Could, I love right? doing that. Yeah, I can see this
1: being a series for sure, for sure. You know, it's an, you know, there is a, there is a challenge out there and, you know, both sides of the coin. So I'm listening in and I'm hearing, you know, we've got this image of, you know, skinny six pack, you know, and looking, you know, just amazing beach body, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, Oh, stop talking about me. And, 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 you know, and then you've got this other side of, you know, well, you know, let people kind of be what they're going to look like. But. But I'm looking in the middle and I'm saying, okay, well, if you let people kind of eat to that point about what we just talked about and what you're really proficient in, uh, Dr. Nina, about the understanding of emotional eating and all the other things that we do, and then we let our bodies go. Now, we're not going to that extreme, but somewhere in the middle, we allow our bodies to be as efficient as they can based on a nutritional um, uh, part that we need to pull in for energy. And what does that look like based on each individual? And, you know, what is the diet of choices? Because there's just so much out there in the world. If you type in, you know, for instance, Google, um, you know, dieting or, or uh, what's, you know, food or, or whatever it may be, you know, what's the best diet out there for me, you're going to get, you know, millions upon millions of, of, of different solutions. So I guess somewhere in the middle, we have this, you know, thing that we have to do what's right for us and you know be efficient with the food we eat so that we're healthy because you know there is a a, an element of you know if you let your body kind of do um whatever it's going to do based on what you're putting in i mean you may become obese um but if you don't eat the right stuff and you don't eat at all i mean you could become the other side of that factor as well and, and and be anorexic let's say um, or have some sort of mental, uh, you know, thing attached to that. But where, where is that middle, you know? And and what do we, uh, you know, where do we point people based on on that? Because I think there needs to be, uh, you know, some common ground, right?
2: The middle is intuitive eating because there you go. you're supposed to enjoy food. We're supposed that. to enjoy it, and I think that there's too much of a. Um, a uh, good food, good meat, oh, I aim. I ate clean, whatever that is. I, I mean, I know what it is, but I, I'm being facetious. <laughs> um, I ate clean, so oh, I'm good and I feel good about myself. Uh, oh, I uh, ate uh, bad, so I ate, I ate poorly, so now I feel bad about myself. And we should aim to be healthy. And one of the things that I see the most is this division between sort of self, self and body. Um, that people don't look at their bodies as they don't take ownership of their bodies as this is me. They take, they, they look at their bodies like I'm going to whip that thing into shape or that thing, that body is so disgusting. I hate it. Mm. Well, that it is you. And when you take ownership of, of that and you, and you, and you repair that split you and you say, I am the person I see in the mirror and I want to treat that person well. Then, you want to make good choices. You want to make healthy choices. And the, the more that you eat intuitively, think th- that your body will tell you. you know, sometimes your body says, um, I need to have salmon and vegetables. And sometimes your body says, I, I, I think I want pasta. And it doesn't have to be emotional. When all the emotional stuff is out of the way, then you could be, eat intuitively. And to, to just be healthy.
1: Just be healthy. Cool. And I love that. Intuitive eating just be healthy. What that means, obviously, uh, for you. So, you know, I got another question, uh, if I may, and Alan, uh, you know, time flies, doesn't it? I, mean, I, really look, fast. I, I look up and, you know, well, it's a great subject and it's, it's an important one. So obviously we've got a commitment from Dr. Nina to come back on and talk mm-hmm. a little bit more and we'll dive into some more questions and, and hopefully that's a live show and we're good, really working towards that. A lot of people lose weight, you know, and then Gain it back again and and you know, there's sort of this yo-yo thing that goes on and and what causes that, you know, sabotage um, you know, in in their weight loss efforts, you know, what what is happening for that, you know, so that I true believer when you're aware of something, then you can obviously, um, you know, mitigate uh, any of that happening to you. So that's why this question's so important out there because I'm sure, including myself, I've gone through that, you know, I've lost it, I, I'm feeling good. Um, and somewhere along that line, I just ate that big medium pizza again. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you said you were feeling good. And one of the things that I see most commonly is some fear of happiness because now that may sound like what how can you be afraid of happiness i want to be happy yes a part of you wants to be happy and there's often a part of people that is that correlates happiness with bad things like oh mm-hmm. you when you get too happy the the rug's going to be pulled out from underneath you or if you're too if things are going quote unquote too well something bad's going to happen or you don't deserve to feel good or um don't don't trust it. So as long as you feel bad about your weight, you don't have to risk feeling happy and having it taken away from you out of the blue. Does that make sense? Yeah, t- total that sense. Makes total sense. yeah, total and, sense. And then for, for a lot of women, um, they get afraid of being objectified because what happens when you lose weight? People say, oh, you look really good. Oh, look at you. And there's Does that all- mean this- I
0: looked horrible earlier?
2: <laughs> yeah, there's that. And th- but it's yeah, all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, yes, that's there. That's part of it. What do you mean I look good now? Yeah. yeah I uh, yesterday. Uh, yes, I look good before, didn't I? But but then they become they feel like a thing. They feel like a body. Mm, they feel like an yeah. object. And they're they they say, well, you know, if a why would a I want a guy to like me or a girl to like me, whichever they're into. I want someone to like me for me and not for my, not for my body. But I mean, the reality is that we are visual and we are attracted sure. to each other physically. But when they feel objectified and like a thing, uh, it, it frightens them. And it's particularly the case with people who've been abused, abused um, yeah. that fear of objectification and fear of intimacy. I, I cannot tell you how many people have said to me, when I lose weight, I will date. Wow. Yeah, I've heard that, that from
0: a number of friends, yeah.
2: That, you know, and there, are, there, are, there are dating sites of people who prefer voluptuous people or big people. They're, they could date tomorrow. They could date today. Right. But they don't right. want to because, really, they don't want to date, they don't, they fear intimacy. They think they want it. As long as they're heavy or perceive themselves as heavy, then they, Excuse? they keep themselves safe from whatever they associate with intimacy.
1: Interesting. This yeah. can go, uh, this is a whole topic um, right here. Oh, absolutely. And a um, whole discussion right here. For sure. We would and love we just, to keep, yeah. yeah, we would love to keep, <laughs> it and, um, you know, I know that we all have commitments, uh, but uh, it's been fantastic having you, Dr. Nina, on our show. I, I think you've opened up a lot of thought. I, I think you've helped a lot of people just in, you know, the short period of we, we've been able to, you know, spend with you. But I encourage everybody, you know, to go to Dr. Nina's website and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that she gives everyone with the stuff that she just gives away. So she's here to really help, and you know it's a, it's a it's a bit of an epidemic out there. Listen to her podcast show. Um, I'm certainly going to uh, share that and and listen in. Um, I think it's a great way to uh, learn uh, about a bunch of stuff. Now, your podcast show can be found where Dr. Nina.
2: It's on iTunes. It's Win the Diet War with Dr. Nina. And- Love it. And uh, on YouTube, the Dr. Nina Show.
1: Awesome, and we'll make Super. sure we uh, get that out to uh, everyone as well. Dr. Nina, we have uh, a couple rapid questions. Uh, we we're going to be really efficient, and then we're going to ask you one last question. Uh, it is that time. You know, Alan, it, it's just incredible how fast going by fast. Uh, especially, you know, just today, it just you know, yeah. our, our guests are on fire, and they're you know providing so much value, um, you know, to our to our listeners, and. Let's just uh, ask a couple of questions. We'll get into one last bold move that uh, you can leave our audience, Dr. Nina, that they can do today to win that diet war, and um, or at least to start to win that diet war. And we'll get uh, we'll get moving. Uh, Dr. Nina, what um, you know? Just personal question. Uh, what what book do you recommend that you've you know really helped you uh, over the last? Uh, well, what book are you reading now, or you have read that just really had a huge impact on you?
2: you know i have a pardon the self-promotion but my book food for thought is coming out in december Ah. i I wrote it because i am the only psychoanalyst out there who's doing what i do and i i couldn't i wanted to put the book out there that i wanted to read but couldn't find awesome Awesome. Food for Thought, and
1: it's coming out when? In December?
2: In December, yes.
1: I love it. Well, there you go. And and there's no problem at all self-promoting. No. I think it's great if you've got something that you're going to share and it's, you know, had some impact, obviously, on yourself because you wrote it and you're finding something that you know that's gonna help a lot of people. I, I think that's a wonderful thing to do. So congrats on that. I know what it yes. takes to write a book and congrats on that coming out, uh, coming out this December. And let,
0: and let us help you promote that. When, that, when you get ready, let us know and we will help you promote that.
2: For sure. I will take you up on that offer. Thanks, done. you guys.
1: Done and done. What do you do for fun? What's, uh, you know, besides all of this amazing stuff of helping people, what, what, you know, what do you do for fun?
2: I do, I take figure skating lessons. Wow! And I do. I just started taking Krav Maga. Do you know what Krav Maga? Yes,
1: is? Yes, I do. You can probably it is. throw. You can throw <laughs> people around.
2: No, right now they can throw me around. Gotcha. I feel very puny. But <laughs> none of the big guys in the class want to be my partner. It's very uh, sad. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I. That's what I do for fun because figure wow, skating Krav- is Krav- just.
1: Wow, that's so amazing! Yeah, wow, that's yeah. it.
0: it it's almost opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's not. There's a lot of commonality between those.
2: Figure skating is tough. I bet. Yeah. Challenging, it's, definitely. It's that moment when you just hit the ice and you glide for, oh, two seconds before you fall, are, it's a wonderful two seconds. I hope to make it three or four.
1: Awesome. We've got two questions left, and I'm going to leave it to Alan to figure out the last one there with you. But I want to ask you, what's your next bold move?
2: My next bold move mm-hmm. is writing another book called Lose Weight Without Dieting.
1: Wow, the follow up right away. I love the fact that you've got that, you know, already already yeah. happening.
2: So the one that's coming out, it's a little bit it it it's sort of a crossover book, so it's a little bit um scholarly but i wrote it so that anyone can read it and and find it really interesting i really want it to be kind of story based but the lose weight without dieting is for the just the common person who says uh how do i lose weight without dieting
1: i love it awesome and and it's it's answering a great question for sure Alan, take us away, my friend. Always a pleasure working with you on this show. Dr. Nina, you're amazing, and I absolutely can't wait to have you back on, and we are gonna do a lot of promotion around the fact that we know you now, and we've had uh, this connection, and we're gonna put it out there to have everybody follow your podcast, your blog, and and your videos, and you know all your online programs that you're offering for free. Plus, folks, if you've got things that are going on, this is, like, this is a great place to just camp out and, and get it done. So on that note, Alan, take us away.
0: Absolutely. Chris, it's been a joy, continues to be a joy. Um, I'm so glad we decided to do this, uh, this whole, the, the whole podcast and the whole business development piece a couple of years ago is turning into something fabulous and, and uh, it's a privilege and a joy to continue to do this with you. Uh, Dr. Nina, once again, a joy and a privilege to have you on the show. It's been great hearing your transparent approach and vision to some of the biggest challenges that are facing people, I think, every day that are affecting their life in so many different ways. So thank you uh, for doing that. And like I said, we'd love to have you back on the show. We're going to promote your book. We're going to promote you. Um, We think you've got a a lot of value to offer a large contingent of people, uh, a lot of ages, a lot of demographics, because the – the individual psyche is important to feed and feed correctly. And uh, with that comes a, a whole different plethora of of value uh, that's probably under-harvested or unharvested in, in many cases. And I know that, that uh we all want to help you know eradicate that loss. And uh with that uh with that in mind, um we'd like to ask you one last question. You know, what one bold move, what one bold act would you like to leave with the audience today? Something that they can use and apply today, right now, to make things a little bit better in their life?
2: Well, one thing they can do is, and this is an action, throw out your scale. The scale is not your friend. The scale does not measure your value. Throw out your scale and do not buy another one. Smash it. Throw it out, make it inoperative, give, give no, don't give it away because no one else needs it. <laughs> Just throw out your bathroom scale because it doesn't define you. It doesn't measure your value and don't be a slave to it. Free yourself. That nice, a
1: powerful ending. And Dr. Nina, you have a wonderful day. Alan, you as well and our awesome audience, thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for more. We uh, are going to bring Dr. Nina back and Dr. Nina, you have a great day.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was absolutely a pleasure.
1: Alan, have a great day, my friend. Well do. Thanks, uh, Chris. Thanks, this Dr. Nina. Thank you. This wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today.